0: A popular former Islander hangs up his skates. We'll talk about his legacy. Plus, could Josh Bailey be back with the Islanders organization in a different role? All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome everybody to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop, and now you can also find us on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search for Locked on Islanders. Plenty to talk about on this episode, but first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment about something we've discussed on a prior episode, or Maybe a topic you'd like us to analyze on a future episode of Locked On Islanders. Send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings. And uh, we'll keep you up to date, whether it's hirings, firings, free agents, trade rumors. If it's happening to the Islanders this offseason, we'll have it here on Locked on Islanders. The big announcement on Wednesday. Former Islanders goaltender Tomas Grice announcing his retirement from the National Hockey League after 14 seasons in the league, played for six different teams, now 37 years old, but Grice announcing that he is now finished, and uh, at least as a hockey player uh, professionally. Grice originally drafted by San Jose, third round back in 2004, uh, born in Fusen, Germany. And uh, came over here and uh, made his NHL debut in 07-08 with the Sharks. Played parts of four years there, then went on to play for the Coyotes. Then the Penguins joined the Islanders at the age of 30 in 2015-2016. And basically spent the next five years with the Isles through 2019-2020. Then it was... Two years in Detroit and a year in St. Louis to end his career with the Islanders. First of all, he started 179 games, went 101, 60, and 17, had a 2.70 goals against average and a 9.15 save percentage. But, you know, that is not the biggest thing that y'all remember about Grice. First of all, for most of his career, Grice was either a backup or sort of a 1B kind of a guy, but he embraced Long Island. He and his wife, they, they really embraced being a part of the Islanders organization and the community here, very involved in uh, different charities and different things here. And look, 2019, Grice and Robin Lehner making a great one-two punch and they win the Jennings Trophy, which goes to the the goalies on the team that allows the fewest goals throughout the entire season. And when you think that the only other duo to win the Jennings Trophy in Islanders history, you got to go all the way back to the last year of the dynasty, 1983, when Billy Smith and Roland Melanson end up winning. And Grice, you know, he... Basically admitted, athletically, it worked out best for me with the Islanders. And he really did a lot in the clutch for this team. And I think that was what a lot of fans will remember him for on the ice. You look, for example, I'll always remember Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. Islanders, Flyers in the bubble The Islanders were up in the series, three games to one. Philadelphia came back and made it a 3-3 series. And Grice, who had only played two games in the playoffs because Varlamov was getting the majority of the time, he ends up uh, with a shutout, and the Islanders beat the Flyers and get to the conference final for the first time since 1993. It was just a, a, a big magic kind of a moment and in the playoffs Grice played 16 playoff games for the Islanders had a 921 save percentage and a 2.41 goals against uh, average so really Grice always you know seemed to raise his game when things were you know at the the biggest moments the biggest stakes and his teammates really remembered him fondly, quoting from the Hockey News: Matthew Barzal, Grice was a great teammate. He was a really, real funny guy. When we played soccer, he'd always have funny little comment, and even loved having him after practice and whatnot. He took a lot of shots and a lot of breakaways. The guy's very unorthodox, and that kind of setting. So it was really fun having to come up with new stuff to try to beat him in different ways. So. You know, Grice was part of a team that transitioned from a team that rarely made the playoffs or made the playoffs and then lost right away to a team that really started to win playoff series. And you go back to 2016, which was the first playoff series the Islanders had won since 1993. And they're going up against the Florida Panthers. The series is tied 2-2. It's game five. And Calvin DeHaan of the Islanders closes his hands on the puck in the crease. That's a penalty shot. Who takes it? The ever-dangerous Alexander Barkoff. And Grice comes up big, makes the save, and Alan Quine ends up winning the game in Double overtime. The Islanders end up winning game six in overtime as well on a goal by John Tavares. And the Islanders win a series for the first time in 23 years. So Grice really just a a good teammate and, and a good, solid either one, he's either one of the better backups or your, your solid 1B option, depending on when in his career you're talking about. And, you know, overall, we want to wish uh, Grice and his wife Brittany, both of whom were very involved here on Long Island when they were here, all the best as they move on and go to the next stage of their life. So congratulations on a solid NHL career, to a a goalie who, you know, look, you, you play 14 seasons in the National Hockey League. You're doing something right. Five years on the island, more than with any other team. Played more games by far with the Islanders than with any other team. And, you know, look, he won 101 games with the Islanders. The next team that he was with, the most wins, 18 with Detroit. So clearly, you know, if you're going to remember Grice as anything, it's an Islander, and uh, we wish him all the best. All right, more to get to on this episode. We'll go back and talk a little bit about Josh Bailey. No, he's probably not going to be a player on this team anymore, but could he have a future with the organization? We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. And look, I've been taking AG1 for a while now. I am not a great pill taker. Uh, I, I wanted to find one supplement that would support my entire body health without having to take five, six, 10 different pills. And it really is easy because you just, you know, put some AG1, mix it up with water, drink a glass uh, or, you know, a serving of AG1. It tastes really good. And i just noticed the difference. Every morning I take it, I start my day. It gives me more energy and just an overall feeling of health that really has made a difference in my life. And look. I'm setting myself up for success. There's 75 high quality ingredients that give me nutrients, energy, focus, strength and clarity all supported and that is just a a great thing. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplemental routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network to check it out. So, Josh Bailey. We know Bales is uh, a free agent right now the islanders traded him to chicago chicago immediately put him on waivers so they could buy him out and he is now a man without a team and look i'm not going to sit here and romanticize what josh bailey you know can do for this team right now as a player do i still think bailey could help the right team in the right role as, let's say, a third or fourth line guy who mentors young players. I could see him going to Chicago, but, you know, they don't want him, but he could have fit there. Anaheim, San Jose, teams that are rebuilding, that are breaking in young players, if you want to add an experienced veteran. And now it doesn't cost you all that much. You could probably sign Bales for, you know, a million dollars a year, maybe even a little less, uh, and set him up because the Blackhawks, buying him out are going to be paying him even more. But there's another sort of possibility about Josh Bailey. And I've heard this from a number of different uh, a number of different comments in YouTube and, and on social media that Bailey is out there. He is available. And maybe just maybe Bailey could help the Islanders out as an assistant coach, and he could even possibly be a player assistant coach, according to Stan Fischler. Don't know if the Islanders would go for that. He may not play very often uh, if they go that route, but I don't think that's necessarily, uh, you know, necessary. Although it may entice Bailey to come. The Islanders' power play, as we all know, has been a mess in recent years. And it's not just the lack of a sniper or two. It's not just personnel, although personnel is definitely part of the problem. But another part of the problem is that uh, that the Islanders' power play doesn't seem to do the things that a good power play does. What does a good power play do? Well, first of all, you move the puck. Whether it's passing it quickly or skating it, the puck should be in motion at all times. In order to make the penalty killers tired, make them chase the puck and wear them down a little bit and try to create A situation where you have an open man, they can only cover four out of five. They can't cover them all. That's part of being on a power play. The Islanders don't move the puck well. They also do not move their players around when they don't have the puck so that you have moving targets, and again, you're forcing the other team to move, getting them out of position, manipulating where they're going on the penalty kill to create space and time and get a good scoring opportunity. The Islanders' power play also, they overpass, and they tend to let the, the good, they sacrifice the good to try to set up the perfect And it just doesn't work most of the time. So all of those things are factors. And then, of course, the entry is an issue. They rely too much on Matthew Barzal to skate the puck in. Other teams know that. And there doesn't seem to be a plan B. So if you watch any game, if you go back and watch any Islanders game from last season and watch what the opponent does on the power play, I think you'll see how much better strategically – the uh, opponent's power play, even some pretty mediocre or bad power plays, they look better on paper with what they're trying to do than the Islanders' power play does. Bailey has an advantage. In his career, he has both played well on the power play and he has killed penalties. And he very well could be a power play assistant coach, for the Islanders, if Lou Lamorello ever decides, hey, John McClain, you didn't get the job done. And, you know, I don't like to call for people's firings, but why McClain is still employed by the Islanders at this point as a power play coach is, is beyond me. If you want to reassign him in the organization, great. But to have him still running this power play makes no sense. Another alternative, <clears throat> by the way, is that Bailey could get some experience first as a coach and head down to Bridgeport. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the situation in Bridgeport in the next segment. But, you know, maybe Bailey becomes the assistant coach first for a year or two in Bridgeport, learns how to be an assistant coach and... You know, the, the, the fact that he hasn't been teammates for a long time with as many of the players down in Bridgeport may help give him a little distance from the guys he's trying to coach. That would also be a possible way that Josh Bailey uh, rejoins the Islanders organization if he is ready to give up his uh, playing career or he could be a player coach down in Bridgeport as well. Although I, I don't think that would necessarily hold as much appeal. We still do not know if a team is willing to sign Josh Bailey. We still don't know if Bailey is interested in coaching. But a number of people have brought it up. Stan Fischler uh, actually wrote an article, the Hockey Maven, uh, about this as well. So it's a possibility I'm not saying it is necessarily likely, but I'm not ruling it out either, and the Islanders may want to explore this avenue to keep uh, a guy who has been a great teammate and, and a solid contributor to the Islanders all of his career in the organization. It could be the next stage of Bailey's career, keeping him in the sport, and it could help the Islanders' power play, or the Bridgeport Islanders' power play. But either way, it would be a gain to the Islanders if it works out. We'll see, but to me, it's something that is at least worth exploring. If you're Lou Lamorello, if you're Chris Lamorello, uh, uh, trying to figure out you know, who the next uh, power play coach should be on Long Island or who the next assistant coach should be in Bridgeport – These are options, and I think it is indeed a good option for the New York Islanders. All right, we have got more to get to on today's show. We're going to talk about the Bridgeport coaching vacancy because I have a pretty good idea who's going to get it, but we'll talk about that and why, plus our Islanders birthday of the day, all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs bird dogs make you look good they have stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you that truly sculpted look bird dogs do the exact same thing as lululemon but they fit way better and they're better than regular shorts because you know regular shorts they're made of a stiff restricting cotton but bird dogs fix this And they invented a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And look, I am a stickler for comfort when it comes to my clothing. I don't want to wear something that just is going to make me uncomfortable all day. Bird dogs are so comfortable, you just don't want to take them off. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that helps keep you cool and dry all day long. Go to BirdDogs.com slash NHL or enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's BirdDogs.com slash NHL or promo code locked on NHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. So the Bridgeport coaching vacancy, uh, every day, as you know yesterday, we discussed the fact that we have a vacancy now as Brent Thompson is now an assistant with the Anaheim Ducks. That was on the Wednesday show. And my bet is that the ultimate Lou Lamorello thing to do is to elevate Rick Kowalski, who has been an assistant coach in Bridgeport for the last two seasons to be the next head man down in the AHL Farm Club. Why? Well, here's why. First of all, it would sort of mirror the Lane Lambert hiring. You you have a guy who's been a loyal assistant in the organization. You elevate him to head coach. And it's not just the last two seasons. Kowalski was part of the Devils organization for nine years, worked under Lou Lamorello there, serving as a head coach in the ECHL and then in the AHL. Uh, he's also been an assistant coach in the NHL with the Devils. So you're, you're looking at a situation where Lou Lamorello values loyalty. He likes continuity, as we all know. And to me, Kowalski is going to get first crack at the job, assuming they could work out the contract details. It makes sense on several levels. And I know that there are fans out there who are going to say, hey, we want a new voice. We need to change things up. We need uh, you know, a different way of looking at things. But realistically... That's not what's going to happen. And another reason why Kowalski, to me, is the most likely hire by the Bridgeport Islanders. The Islanders, and most other NHL teams for that matter, want to have their AHL team coached in the same style as their NHL team. If you have a run-and-gun offense in the nhl you want your ahl team to play a similar style the islanders are a defense first everybody back checks and you try to win three two two to one you want your ahl team to play the same style why because let's face it when you call a player up from the ahl mid-season there's an injury you, you need to call up a guy If your AHL team is playing the same system as your NHL team, the transition is less severe. Yeah, the players in the NHL are bigger, faster, more skilled than the players in the AHL. But if your assignments are roughly the same, if your strategy is roughly the same, there's one less thing to think about For the Arno Durandos and the Samuel Boldukes and the Paul Ledues when they get called up for a couple of games and need to play with the big club. And that's what you want. You want to be able to try to fill those players in over the short term. And look, you get a Hudson Fashing who ends up becoming a regular. I think the fact that that the... Bridgeport Islanders were playing a similar strategic style to the New York Islanders, helped that transition quite a bit. So I look for Kowalski to be the next head coach in Bridgeport. And then the question becomes you got to hire a couple of assistants, one or two. We'll see, you know, if that's the move and then who the assistants, if any, are going to be. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. We are uh, a couple of days early, but Saturday will be the 49th birthday of former Islanders forward Bill McCult, the Surrey British Columbia native a draft choice of the Canucks in the ninth round back in 1994, spent four productive years at the University of Michigan and joined the Canucks for the 98-99 season. Played. One and a half years in Vancouver and joined the Islanders late in the 1999-2000 season. Played for the Islanders in 2000-2001 before finishing up his NHL career with Ottawa and Minnesota. Played part of one year in the AHL and then retired after the 03-04 season. Went on to become a coach. He is still coaching right now. He is an associate coach at the University of Michigan, his alma mater, and he was uh, won a championship with the Tri-City Storm of the USHL back in 2015-2016. McCall, basically a, a two-way forward, uh, never scored more than 16 goals in an NHL year, and in his best year with the Isles, 2000-2001, 60 games, 11 goals, 26 points and 33 penalty minutes. We go back and look at one of his better games with the Isles, December 15th, 2000, the Toronto Maple Leafs visit the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Glenn Healy, the ex-Islanders, the goalie for Toronto, John Van Beesbrook, the ex-Ranger, is the goalie for the Islanders, and Bill McCault ends up getting the game-winning goal in the third period to break a 2-2 tie. It's a power play goal. Taylor Pyatt and Ari uh, Bramanis get the assist, and the Islanders end up with the victory for McColton this game. He had a goal. He had three shots on goal. He had the game-winner, and, oh, yeah, he dropped the gloves with Gary Roberts, In the second period, Roberts of Toronto (coughs) and McCult, excuse me, of the Islanders. So only an assist keeping McCult from that Gordie Howe hat trick. So, uh, Bill McCult is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Happy 49th to him, and we wish him all the best. I want to thank everyone again for making Locked on Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We'll have the latest news and notes concerning your New York Islanders. We'll have the latest on the Bridgeport coaching situation, any trade rumors, any word on the assistant coaches. You name it, we'll have it right here for you on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.